0: I've been trying to hate it all. Julia Roberts is not Julia Roberts after all. Who is she? We'll find out in moments here on the Adventures of Bradley and Dawn. Hi, I'm the Bradley. That's the Dawn. Hi. And uh, Dawn, apparently, Julia is not who she says she is. The actress we all know and love. And I watched that movie. She. I forgot to tell you. I watched that George Clooney romantic comedy. She did. It was actually yeah. really cute. I forget was the name it? of it now. Let's see, what was that called? Julia Roberts, Separate George, but he lost no. something. Lost what? The, George Clooney. Uh, two two title. Tickets Paradise. Oh, no, that was that one. Okay. Tickets Paradise. Ticket to, Paradise. Oh,
2: Ticket to Paradise. <laughs> Paradise. It's such a generic. I I don't I don't know about that title. They should have come up with something more clever.
0: Well, I will send them that that memo. But in the meantime, in between time, <laughs> Dawn. You found out yes. that Julia Roberts is not actually her
2: real name. Oh, this is going to interest you because you love uh, the show Finding Your Roots on oh. PBS, just like I do with Henry Louis Gates Jr. Dr.
0: Henry he, Louis Gates, the man doctor. of the moment. Yes.
2: Yes. So he looks into people's family trees. This is um, He looks into celebrities' um, history, just like you do, sort of, on a different <laughs> level. Not
0: the, it's not the same at all. But yes. Yes, he does but go he looks, deep.
2: Yes, and so um, looks into their ancestry to try to find things that they might not know about themselves and and people are curious about their past. Uh, So he was researching Julia Roberts' family tree, and he discovered that the man who was supposed to be her great-great-grandfather, which really isn't that far back when you think about it, um, Willis Roberts, actually... Died more than a decade before her great grandfather was born.
0: Oh, so, before,
2: <laughs> so it's impossible that she could be related to this Willis Roberts. We have a clip here of him sort of explaining what happened or trying to piece together what happened.
3: This is the 1880 census for Douglas County, Georgia. Wow, there's your great grandfather John. You see him right as a child who's two years old, he's two here. years old, uh huh, living with his mother. Your great-great-grandmother, Rhoda Suttles, Roberts, right? Right. And three brothers. You notice anyone missing? A dad. A dad. The dad yeah. is missing. John's father, Rhoda's husband, isn't there. Have you ever heard anything about him? No. <laughs> Digging into George's county archives, we discovered that sometime in the 1850s, Rhoda married a man named Willis Roberts. Julia carries Willis's last name. But Willis passed away in 1864, over a decade before Rhoda gave birth to Julia's great-grandfather, John, leading to an inescapable conclusion. Julia, Willis Roberts could not possibly be your great-great-grandfather. He was dead.
1: But, oh, wait, but am I not a
3: Roberts? Well, let's see what we found. We scoured Douglas County looking for any record that named John's father, and we found absolutely nothing. Douglas County didn't issue birth certificates in 1878, and marriage certificates didn't name parents' names at the time. Fortunately, we had another tool, and that was DNA.
2: All right, so we can cut it off there. So they look into the DNA. They take uh, her DNA and a close cousin, and then they go up the tree, and they find a man named John Mitchell, who, by the way, lived down the street.
0: Oh, so maybe there was but a little hanky-panky. There uh, absolutely
2: was. Old school. So they they did find out that the most likely the man who is her great-great-grandfather is... A guy with the last name of Mitchell and so um, back in the day they didn't talk about stuff like this so I mean it's so obvious that she isn't a Robert so she is actually Julia Mitchell and her whole family they are Mitchells so it's just crazy to me that it was so evident I mean you know, back in the day, this woman, she has a man she's married to, he dies, but then she has another child. And nobody questions like, well, where did this baby come from if your husband is dead?
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, well, and I imagine back then people were just like, I mean, I'm sure they were talking about it. They just weren't saying it out loud. Right.
2: That is, that's kind of scandalous, isn't it?
0: Oh, totally. But I imagine this thing happened all the time. And the difference is, you don't have social media. You don't have the internet. You don't have opportunities <laughs> to go back and take DNA tests and be like, "Wait a minute, something's wrong on our family tree." And it's not tell. boop uh, bop badoo. The future shows up and somebody starts digging. That's why you gotta, you know, and you've talked about this before too. You got to be real careful before you start digging into your family history because you might find things
2: you don't want to know. That's right, and it doesn't sting so much whenever it's a great great oh, sure. grandfather. But if it's just, "Hey, your dad isn't your dad," that's a little freaky. Which is why I don't suggest giving these things to people uh, as gifts if you don't know them that well yeah. and you're not a member of their you immediate may have family. Some
0: experience with that, right?
2: Uh, yeah, I do. But nothing, of course, nothing turned. No, out not strange, the scandal. But... I'm
0: just saying that somebody would want to buy a, a DNA yeah. test as a gift for someone in your family.
2: Yeah, that, that, yes, that happened. So, um, but how interesting that she finds out on this show. I just absolutely love this show. And I was, it, it got me wondering, there is this whole surge in people wanting to dig back into their history. You know, there it's, it's more common than we, it was even 10 years ago. And I wonder why that is. Why are we trying to find our roots and our history so much? Is it because the world we're living in now, uh, and that we don't really feel connected to people, you know, everybody's on their phones and, and even the divide that we have between families now because of everything that's happened in our country over the last five years. It's like you feel personally, it makes me feel comforted knowing uh, you know, my roots and looking back even over Christmas time, my mom had a huge bag that she gave me of pictures. Yeah. That she's like, Here, have these. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Oh, I get, I get to have them. You know, of my grandma and um, just all of her brothers and sisters. And which, by the way, my mother found out that her sister isn't her full sister. Yeah. Through th- things like this. You know, this it's is crazy. a prime example. Um, but it's just fascinating to me that we can find these things now through DNA and also through awesome shows like this. And Bradley, would you like to tell people how they can get a hold of you if they have a question about this? <laughs> That's their a history? good tease.
0: That's a good tease. I did first want to answer your actual question, which was oh, sure, sure. I think the reason that people are more interested in stuff like this is A, because we now have technology and ways for people to access it literally right from their couch. And before it used to be a much greater. Uh, ask, you know, like I got interested at a point where the internet was around, certainly in terms of finding family history and doing research, but there wasn't a ton online. So you kind of could start your work online and then you'd have to move offline and go to like county courthouses and libraries. And let's be clear, most people aren't going to do that. But now, thanks to the just depth and breadth of records that are available online at places like ancestry.com or one of a hundred other websites, you can sit on your couch. And get in a time machine and go back and explore your family history. So I think that's partially why it's you see right. you see this uptick. But I also just think here in uh, in this country, for a number of reasons, we we didn't we don't keep a lot of our history and we don't share a lot of our history. That is, some groups in this country have not, um, you know, my, my family included. There was not a tradition of sharing family history, and so I think that leaves people with questions. And now, because of technology, they can help answer those questions. To your uh, your teas for the family history segment, yes. If you have a question, you guys, about your family history that you're trying to get solved, send me an email. Many of you have already done this. Thank you. Uh, we do a segment each week. It'll be next Tuesday, I think, uh, where I can help you answer a question about your family history. You can just send me an email on our show page at mytalk1071.com. Great fun, Don. I, I this reminded me that there's a new season of Finding Your Roots, and if you are right. a member of PBS or if you just want to look it up uh, locally to see when it airs, it's a great opportunity to ch- to check out a pretty awesome show.
2: Yes, so this was the latest episode that just aired, and the one before that actually featured Edward Norton, hmm. and um, he uh, he linked him to a 17th century uh, Native American woman. Hmm. Who had some relation to Pocahontas?
3: That's fabulous. So
2: I, This is just a really, really cool show. I never caught it.
0: Can eat family histories up, like not even my own. I don't care. I just, I love hearing people learn about their family history. All right. When we come back, speaking of eating things up, we need to talk about Pepsi. They are getting rid of Sierra Mist, and I'm going to tell you what they're replacing it with <laughs> when we return right here on My Talk 107.1. I can't help but want that song to be really fast from all the TikTok oh. versions I hear.
2: You are just, killing me. Yeah. that's Exactly. Oh, you I feel, feel the, the same, same way? way? Okay, good. It's so slow.
0: Just, <laughs> so, blah, blah. I'm going to
2: remix it and just like boom, 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 you know?
0: Welcome back. We're going to remix this show, The Adventures of Bradley and Dawn on Friday. I'm Bradley. That's Dawn. We're going to talk real fast right now. Uh, and Mike is here along for the ride as well. Pepsi is getting rid of Sierra Mist. Dawn.
2: I think we're going to be okay. Right?
0: Um, I don't know. It depends on if you love Ceramist. Also, I would like to meet the person who Ceramist was their favorite soda. Hopefully, hopefully it's not you, Mike. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> no.
2: <laughs> I agree. Do
0: you want to know what they're
2: replacing it with, Don? I do, and I have other questions after you tell me.
0: Okay, well, I'm I'm very curious what your questions are about this storied lemon lime carbonated beverage that's been around for 24 years. Which,
2: Unbelievable.
0: According to Pepsi, has failed to gain traction in those twenty-four years, uh, and um, <clears throat> so they've decided to drop the lemon-lime flavored soda at a time when they say Pepsi, according to their internal research, that demand for lemon-lime flavored soda has never been greater. Just apparently not their lemon-lime flavored soda. So in its place, they are rolling out. Bah, 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 Starry. oh, Starry. Or Starry? I don't know. Starry? I think it's Starry.
2: <laughs> what do you? Starry. Donna S- Valentine when she lived know, in Jersey? right?
0: Starry. Starry. S-T-A-R-R-Y. <laughs> starry lemon lime. And it looks very... I don't know what it looks like. I'm looking at the packaging. Anyway, Theramis has been around since 1999, and now apparently... Uh, Pepsi has decided they're going to go with something called Starry.
2: I. What makes it different than Sierra Mist?
0: That's a great question, Don. Question. Thank you for asking. Uh, mm-hmm. Here's what they say of this new Bavarol. and I wanted to get the actual words from you because what they said was like it's extra. Oh, I don't. Oh, yeah. Here we go.
2: It's extra. Good. Starry
0: has uh, a quote higher yeah. citrus flavor that is true to fruit. And more aromatic.
2: Oh, true Shrewd to fruit. fruit?
0: That's I what the both what of means. you should be to me.
2: True to fruit. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, for instance, I had some, some jam that I got somewhere. I don't remember where. Just a store strawberry rhubarb. Jam, and then I tried your preserves, oh, and those were you. more true to fruit. I just had them again uh, for true lunch, your fruit. strawberry preserves. Oh, did you, what I did you like, put them that on? Is so... What?
0: What did you put them on?
2: Oh, just a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Oh, um, I love but
0: peanut butter. But still,
2: I can't stop eating PB&Js because your strawberry preserves are so tart and true to fruit. Yeah, true so to I'm fruit, right? I'm hoping it'll be more flavorful, this story.
0: <laughs> true to fruit. Um, I
2: also want to know... Um, If if I can work at Pepsi, if they're gonna wait twenty four years to give up on something, (laughs) I think that that's a great place to be. Hold on, you deserve
0: you deserve a a sound effect for that. I don't have one, so Mike, can you give us something?
2: Thank you. Um, good. Okay. And also, who thought up Sierra Mist? It's very, ah, very Thank it's you. Very wordy, and it never really. Do feels you remember? Okay.
0: I remember twenty four years ago when. So, for those of you under uh, the age of, I don't know what forty. I don't know. Mike, did you grow up in a world where there wasn't Sierra Mist?
1: Yeah, I was young, but I was definitely a soda drinker at the time. Were you so.
2: happier?
0: <laughs> well, for a number of reasons. <laughs> Uh, what I was going to say is, 24 years ago, I distinctly remember thinking, what the bleep is the Sierra Mist business? Why do you got to be so fancy? Right? Because it was like, there was Sprite and 7-Up. Yeah. Sprite, 7-Up, and then Sierra Mist. And it's like, no, it's just call it like something, you know, uh, Sierra Mist just sounded like fake fancy, didn't it?
2: It did. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't make sense with what it is. Sierra, what? The Sierra Madre Mountains? Like there's a mist coming off the
0: mountains that tastes like lemons.
2: But there, there are no lemons in the mountains. That's why it was stupid. Well,
0: it, it was I, stupid it, because it also just tasted like Luke or like you know boring lemon lime water.
2: It did right, and also I feel like every server out there when you say, uh, "Do you have Sprite?" <laughs> and they yeah, have so they to go, say, "No, we have Sierra Mist." They have a sense of shame. Yeah, it's like wow, feel womp. it. They go, "No, we have Sierra Mist." And you go, <laughs> "Okay, I guess I'll have Sierra Mist." <laughs> So, well, we've given up on Sierra Mist a long time ago.
0: Which I like, you know, uh, in fact, uh, our very own Holly Roberts loves Pepsi products. So, she would love, you know, when, when you go somewhere and they go, oh, we don't have Coke. Would you like Pepsi? She gets excited. But a lot of people, uh-huh. it's kind of the same reaction. Like, you ask for a Coke and they're like, is Pepsi okay? And you're like, sure, that's fine. I'm fine.
2: I'm, a, I'm the Holly Roberts team. I like Pepsi better. I don't
0: Oh really? Yeah. This is unusual.
2: I, I feel like it's not as sweet. It's like sharper.
0: That is interesting. I always felt like Pepsi was not as carbonated, which I love the burning carbonation of Coke. But I uh-huh. I, I don't hate Pepsi. Like I I willfully drink it I all don't the time. Care
2: really, other way it doesn't yeah. matter to me.
0: But do you but. do you find that you would be more likely now to to drink a star? Would you ask for a starry? I'll have a starry.
2: It's going to take a while for us to get used to it, but I don't think anybody really was um, conditioned to ask for Sierra Miss, so the transition will be awkward. After
0: 24 years, we couldn't figure it out. 24 years.
2: Yeah. Bless their hearts over there. (laughs) You know... Whoever thought up, like, it was a bunch of people who thought up Sierra Mist. They all agreed on it. It wasn't one person. So a boardroom of executives. Yeah,
0: which is probably the probably first mistake, Probably old right? white
2: men said, yes, Sierra Mist. We choose Sierra Mist. Sierra Mist. And so we're finally rejecting it. I'm glad for our country, really. This is great news. <laughs> now,
0: it's something like this that is the- I want to
2: say. I already want to mix Sierra. I already want to mix starry with other flavors. Like cherry starry sounds so much better. Oh, like cherry lemon lime Sierras.
0: cherry? That's interesting. Uh, I'd try it.
2: Yeah. You know those machines where you get to make your own?
0: Yeah. The Coca Cola. What are those. they called? Coca Cola. They won't do it with this, but Coca Cola has oh, those.
2: Oh, it's only Coca Cola. Yeah.
0: I forget what they call those things Coca Cola machines.
2: Those things are really pretty neat. And you can make a really disgusting combination, which is freestyle. what happens with me. Freestyle. Hey, now.
0: Well, we're going to get freestyle uh, when we come back because we need to talk to our audience about Spare. It's our Not A Book Club. We've been reading Spare with our ears on our Not A Book Club here on The Adventures of Bradley and Dawn. We'll do that when we return right here on My Talk 1071. Welcome back to your favorite midday radio program. Even if you've never heard it before, it's your favorite. Trust me. Hi, you're listening to The Adventures of Bradley and Dawn. I'm Bradley. That's Dawn. Uh, The three of us have been on an audio adventure lately uh, with our Not A Book Club. Dawn, will you remind the listeners what this Not A Book Club is all about?
2: Yes, it is. We are listening to Spare, which is Prince Harry's memoir. This just came out recently, and um, it's basically uh, telling the tale from his childhood. It kind of starts, you know, where Princess Diana passed and then is going to bring us up to the present. So we are listening to it. You can read it. If you would like to do that as well, but we love to hear your feedback because everyone is talking about
0: everybody's it. talking about it. Well, to that end, can I share a clip with you?
2: Yes, please do. So
0: I listened and I don't know if you guys have got to have had a chance to see Prince Harry on Colbert. He was on Colbert and it was like a ratings bonanza. Like I forget what the, um, what the stat was, but it was a rating success. Harry, when right. Prince Harry visited Colbert earlier this week. There's an extended version of that interview that's l- about 38 minutes. And it is, trust me, I've watched, I mean, and you can attest to this too, Don and Mike. I've watched a lot of like celebrity interviews, especially around a book. This was one of the most fascinating and it gripped me for that entire 38 minutes. I I don't really need to oversell it, but I wanted to play a clip because this particular moment illustrated for me I think one of the things this book has helped Prince Harry to do and become and we can talk about it on the other side but this was um, a moment probably about halfway-ish through the interview where he he just talks about how he's changed as a person let's have a listen
1: as far as I'm concerned with all the
2: work that I've done on myself but also the stories that I've heard from so many people, not just veterans, that I'm convinced that 99.9% of people on planet Earth are walking around with some form of unresolved grief, trauma, or loss. And with that comes these filters, of which is, acts as a fog, and every opportunity we have to be able to clean the windscreen, take the filters away, and actually see life as it is and be able to live a truly authentic life, that, to me, has been the freedom that I've been looking that I didn't even know that I was looking for for most of my life. Isn't that just so profound? Oh, I don't want to
0: oversell yes. it, but it sounded so profound to me and so insightful from a person who I think has just been written off for years and, like, boiled down to, like, a stereotypical sort of, you know, ne'er-do-well, bad boy, like, spare. The naughty one. The naughty one. Mm-hmm. That was so intelligent, so mature, so it just sounded as though it reeked of growth
2: yes and also really hearing that says i have a purpose beyond just telling my story i have a purpose to show people that you should try to heal yourself you know and and it brings it back to other people like like veterans for instance, who are, who went through something traumatic, who haven't had a chance to get rid of that grief. That's a great message. It isn't just like, hey, I want to tattletale on my family that they were mean to me. It becomes more than that. And all of his interviews seemed very much like no matter what they throw at him, he is uber, uber prepared. He doesn't have to hum and haw about anything. He's so confident in telling his story it's really fascinating
0: and that's a confidence i think that comes from growth it comes from self knowledge it comes from an awareness of what you've been through and then that confidence builds so that you feel comfortable saying it out loud somebody who's not done a lot of work around the drama or the trauma or the the pain and the grief wouldn't have had it figured out yet and so it's just not going to come across very confidently but the other thing that struck me in that clip of Prince Harry on Colbert earlier this week in service of Spare the Book was just how um, not only does he just sound so confident, he has the ability to relate to people like us, which Mm. which we can't relate to him. But yet he somehow found a way to connect us all, which is. Like antithetical to what all the tabloids and the British media have been trying to tell us about him, like that he's petulant, that he's spoiled, that he's, you know, selfish, that he's narcissistic, that he's not worried or concerned about anybody else. He just sat in that chair and related to all of us about how we all suffer from trauma or grief and what it could benefit us by dealing with it. I just I was like, yeah, he all of this criticism just goes right out the window as far as I'm concerned. Not that you can't criticize him for maybe some other things in life or that he's perfect, but this just addressed and goes right at the heart, I think, of what people have have tried to make him out to be.
2: Absolutely. Uh, and I just... I'm really enjoying listening to it. I've caught up with Mike finally, and
0: <laughs> have you though? Mike's probably finished.
1: No, yeah, I, I we'll... pumped the brakes a little bit. I wanted to stay with you guys a little bit. Oh, once. it's fine. It's fine.
0: <laughs> with, you're, if you're in the not a book club, dear listeners, you can be at whatever pace you are. If you just started, <laughs> or if you're already finished and long done, please by the way share us uh, share with us your comments and your thoughts. But where are you yes. done? What 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 feelings are you having?
2: I'm having feelings of, um, so he's, he's about 17, and he is spending time with his family, and they're, it's at Balmoral. Uh he's done a hunt, he described doing a hunt, and there's this old Scottish man who is one of their, I don't know what you would call him, he's one of their scouts, one of their hunting scouts.
0: Stalker? And don't they call him stalkers or something?
2: that that sounds about right. Yeah. yeah, that sounds right. So of course they assist people on their hunts. You know, you've seen it in the crown, they go out with the queen. Not that they couldn't on their own, I'm sure, do all of this. It's just that it's it's their job. It's it's what they live for, it's their service. So he kills a buck and he <laughs> there's a moment where it's like That's so gross. It's like bloodletting as what they say, like like you are be basically being um blooded. it's your first kill, blooded. So it's like a ritual of some sort. And really, when he killed a rabbit, his, his nanny, Tiggy, or whatever, just smeared some of the blood on his face. This Scottish guy sticks his entire face into the carcass and holds it there for, like, a minute. He doesn't, like, he isn't prepared for that. I think he's 14. And he is just, like, one with the carcass. It was really weird. It was really weird. And then also... Sort of like a rite of passage passage that you wish was something he shared with his father, but he's just with this man, you know, Um, and you're very thankful. All these little touchstones that they give you where he had some humanness in his life and people showed him how to be a man or how to be a hunter or how to have compassion or some love and kindness, whether it be a teacher, a nanny, or this stalker guy, you're like, he's having a real visceral experience that isn't that takes him away from the trauma that is the constant thought that his mother isn't there anymore but then he'll he does such a beautiful job in relating all these stories back to diana not in a way that seems obsessive but it seems so healing and like somebody who's so um so mature and has done all the work like you said and 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 has um worked through with therapists what this all means it's so intelligent you know
0: yeah absolutely
2: i i just i'm really enjoying that and then there's a delightful moment where like he's with his great granny and she's 101 years old They're at this hunting cottage and they're all having dinner. And, you know, he's allowed to drink because it's England and who cares, you know? But he's having a gin and tonic. Well, he's not supposed to be. And he's
0: like, but she didn't mind.
2: She didn't care. You know, she's having a martini. He's having a gin and tonic. And he's telling her about Ollie G, Sasha Baron Cohen's character, Ollie G, and his whole like Boo (laughs) Yaka thing. And she's doing it like great granny the war queen is trying to do an Ollie G move and everybody was laughing and I'm like, Oh my God, this is so great. So there are moments, you know, you've probably heard us discuss this and think, Oh, do I want to get into something that heavy? But it is, it's a story that's full of all kinds of things that are just surprising that you learn that are just like little inside moments that are delightful you know like that where i'm thinking what is sasha baron cohen thinking right now oh god i'm sure he's heard that great granny was doing this
0: yeah that the queen herself
2: it's crazy
0: um if you're just joining us we're talking about spare the not a book club that we're doing here on the adventures of bradley and dawn dawn telling us about uh where she's at in the book mike has there been anything you've read recently uh or in the uh, most recent past that has stuck out to you
1: I'm pretty much at that uh, exact same spot and yeah just the endearing moment that happened they're at the dinner table and they're all looking around and she's just smiling along and it's just it it was super fun and then right after that is when we start to hear about uh, the spin doctor side of things and yeah. another thing that happens and that's the biggest segue for me where I was like you gotta it, the reality that they're living in now is such a different reality than what you know Mm. maybe actually happened or when you try to fathom we talked about yesterday sitting down and just even if the two brothers sat down and said hey let's have a conversation about it in public and let's do it it couldn't happen because there's so many layers of truth and mistruth that it it would be impossible so I think that really gets illustrated coming up very soon after where you're at Mm.
0: yeah and you're both talking about things that deal with this distance again between people not only in the family but the distance that he really felt and I imagine Because, again, we're just getting Prince Harry's voice, his story, because this is his account, his book, his history, which, uh, you know, that's one voice. But I feel like there's probably a tremendous amount of distance equally felt by every single person in this family. Because, again, from 10,000 feet, you're looking at an institution. But within that institution is a family and they're people just like we are totally unrelatable in so many ways. But at the heart of it. They're still people, right? Yep. And and yeah. you can imagine as they're reading the pages of Prince Harry's book, because you know they're reading that book. Like, I don't care what they're saying, but you know, like, Camilla's got it on her Kindle, and she's, yeah. like, sitting there late at night reading, and she's feeling just as distant or just as, like, un- misunderstood as perhaps sure. a lot of people think Harry is right now. So utterly fascinating. If you guys want to join the fun, again, send us your thoughts by email uh, or tweet or whatever
2: you know what else struck me i was Mm. when when he was sitting there with his grant great granny almost with our like family history mystery segment he's talking about how he you know she's no longer of course (laughs) with us but he wished he had the maturity to ask her questions Mm -hmm. about her ancestry yeah and her it's like her father was king charles the sixth you know and her brother-in-law or no Yep. Would it be her brother-in-law yep. that was Edward? Ed- Hi everybody, this is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop
3: every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts.
2: Edward who abdicated. Yeah, and her know?
0: husband. I mean, her husband, she, I, I really truly think she blamed him, Edward, for the yeah. premature death of her husband because the, pra- the pressure and the weight that was put upon him after his brother abdicated to take over, you know, she... Th- I think, truly believe that that took him from this world too young.
2: Yes. Also, he wanted to ask about, he mentioned, like, she was in the room with Churchill during wartime. Yeah. You know, this is somebody who has so much information, not just information, but just like a wealth of knowledge that, Gosh, he just wishes that he would have tapped into, and we all kind of feel like oh, totally. like that way, whatever. You know, there's somebody... I wish I would have asked my dad more questions about how he felt about his childhood. Oh, sure. You know? yeah, so I feel it is relatable.
0: Totally. Again, you find yourself going, yeah, I can relate to that, and here's a person that in every other aspect of their life we can't relate to. Um, okay, so when we come back, here's something you probably also can't relate to, but Dawn is going to share with us. Celebrities who were arrested... While filming a movie. Hopefully you can't relate to them. And we'll find out why when we come back right here on My Talk 1071.
2: Bradley trainer, Don McLean, producer Mike Ganger. The adventures of Brad.
0: Have you ever been arrested on the job? Well, um, hopefully not. And probably not like these celebrities. But Dawn's going to tell us about those celebrities who have actually been arrested on the job in a moment here on The Adventures of Bradley and Dawn. Happy Friday. Good afternoon. It's just about, oh, a few moments before the 2 o'clock hour. Still no sunlight. We're hoping that it arrives before (laughs) 3. Dawn, why are we talking about celebrities who've been arrested on the job?
2: Well, oh, because BuzzFeed loves to do lists and on a Friday we love a good BuzzFeed l- list, don't we? Mm-hmm. Especially whenever it's a subject about something it's like, Well, I haven't done anything that bad. So yeah, thank God. you know, we all kinda like to do that too. Yeah. So um while filming movies, celebrities who have been arrested. This one's kind of um Interesting because the title of the movie he was in was called Domestic Disturbance. Oh. Uh, I'm talking about Vince Vaughn. Oh. He was arrested. He was hanging out with one of his co-stars at a bar, Steve Buscemi, okay? okay? So this is just, you know, they're hanging out at this local downtown bar called the Firefly where they were filming in Wilmington, North Carolina. So this is just like a regular old bar with, nor- with people. Vince Vaughn, 2001, you know, people aren't going to be... It wasn't the day and age where people were gonna be freaking out. Were people aware and excited they were in the bar? Yeah. But then things turned weird because um, Vince Vaughn at about two thirty AM asked another one of the patrons to no. step outside.
0: Nothing good happens at two thirty, by the way. They in the were bar. not
2: getting along. And then a crowd of forty to fifty people got out there to watch the scene. Now, surprisingly, they talked it out and ended up shaking hands. But then so this was some went... kind of
0: fight, like obviously somebody had they had words or something. Uh-huh.
2: They had words, drunken words. So then they shook hands. But then this other crazed guy ended up getting violent and um, took a knife to Steve Buscemi.
0: Oh no! What? what don't yes. hurt Steve!
2: So that guy went to jail for 180 days. His name was Timothy Fogarty, and he yelled, "Who wants to get sliced?" Okay.
0: And then he <laughs> <Just> said, "Nobody <laughs> ever." <laughs> Other than, well, like, <laughs> craft macaroni and cheese.
2: Well, poor Steve Buscemi had all these cuts to his face, his neck and hands. Well, and wait a minute. How did, Vince Vaughn, room. how
0: did Vince Vaughn get arrested then?
2: Well, uh, because he was defending Steve Buscemi and mm. then started throwing punches. Whoa. And then there were, like, three people involved. It was like a bar brawl out in the street. Yeah. So okay? they just
0: kind of took everybody in.
2: Yes, yeah, so then the charges were ended up being dropped against Vince Vaughn, Good. so he could continue filming the movie once again called Domestic Disturbance. <laughs> I did not but see Steve that one, Buscemi but Steve Buscemi was scared for his life.
0: Oh, my God, but Steve Buscemi was okay. I don't remember this story.
2: I don't either. That's why I was like, ooh, that was the first one on the list. <laughs> so here's one that's kind of funny and not as gruesome. Not as but, um,
1: Who right, wants to so... get
2: sliced? It wants to get sliced. Is that a line? It must be a line from a movie that Steve be. Buscemi maybe said. I don't know. Is it from Fargo?
0: I, d- I don't. That ref-
2: was after two thousand one. It wasn't it yeah, no. Fargo? Yeah,
0: yeah, for
2: sure. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm asking too many follow up <laughs> questions. Too much. <my laughs> to your story. own
0: story, girl.
2: <laughs> moving on. Uh, speaking of moving on, um, in the movie during the movie, Bring It On. Elijah Dushku and Jesse Bradford were arrested and jailed while they went on a trip to Tijuana. I guess they were filming around San Diego because they just went to Mexico for a little bit. Um, Elijah Dushku was one of the cheerleaders and a bunch of the other cheerleaders in Bring It On. Oh, so they They all just went
0: to like a a, a party trip to Tijuana and got arrested.
2: Yeah, they were on the beach. They were drunk and um, they got arrested. The cheerleaders were arrested in Mexico. They were afraid for their life in the Mexican jail. They were also still drunk. So they oh, took God. they were they didn't want to be um, they wanted to look crazy, so they took lipstick and put it all over their Wait, face. Wait, why
0: did they want to look crazy?
2: <laughs> so that people wouldn't bother them or mess with them.
0: In now jail. once again, they're drunk. Like if we do our makeup weird, that'll keep them away. <laughs>
2: <coughs> Sorry. Excuse me. So anyway, they actually made it back to the set in time to film. And the director, um, executive producer Max Wong said to MTV News, they were on the beach drinking. They got arrested, um, but they ended up making it back to the set and um, on time. So we were fine with it.
0: This is like so this is early 2000s, right? I just feel like none of this could happen today. Like on a movie set, if somebody pulled any, first of all. People just would not have been allowed to leave. Like, like we're the just going to take a trip to Tijuana. <laughs> like, you can't leave the country while right. you're filming a movie, kids.
2: Well, the thing is, is that you could go drink in Tijuana under the age of 21. Yeah, so, yeah. like, my dad was arrested in Tijuana once. What? So that's a whole other story. Well, now you have to tell oh, no, us. No, no, he wasn't arrested. He just woke up um, mugged and in a ditch. What? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Don, you can't
0: just drop that in there. Okay, how did this happen?
2: Oh, with my dad. Yeah. He just went down there with a couple of buddies. He ended up telling us this. Um, and my mom was horrified. He's like, Yeah, we went down there and smoked some grass. Oh my god. <laughs> and then before you knew it, we were hanging out with these other people, and then they were giving us drinks, and then the next thing I knew, I ended up in a ditch without my wallet. Oh god. And no. I woke up in the That's morning. Terrifying like, and my mom was like, Dan! Because she didn't want him to tell us that he had once smoked marijuana.
0: Yeah, like you kids were going to like, let's go to Tijuana and do some marijuana.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. In 1960s California. Wow, what a concept, Mom. Yeah, like
0: you you wouldn't think your father had already done marijuana.
2: Exactly. Actually, my parents weren't pot smokers. but
0: Well, obviously, one night in in Tijuana he was.
2: He was, and then he never did it again, apparently. Okay, we're going to skip Shia LaBeouf, because everybody knows why he was arrested. Yeah, right? I mean, it's
0: just it's it, it a It involves story. the
2: N-word and just mm-hmm. all kinds of awful things, and it was during Peanut Butter Falcon. And then, yeah, so let's just skip that one, because that's, not that these are necessarily fun, but the next story... <laughs> They're um, fun
0: for us, because we're not in jail.
2: Right. The next one, Sean Penn was arrested after punching an extra... On the set of his 1988 cop drama called Colors. I
0: did not know this story, or at least it's not coming back to my head. And by the way, if you're just joining us and wondering what's going on, Dawn is regaling us with tales of celebrities who were arrested literally like on or during uh, the filming of a (laughs) movie. Um, So this doesn't I don't know the story, but it doesn't surprise me that Sean Penn would have gotten in trouble.
2: Right, because during the time he was married to Madonna, this was in 1985 and 86, he had all of these assault charges because he hated the attention that he was getting from photographers, paparazzi, and Mm -hmm. he would punch them and assault them. So he was on probation at the time when he um, assaulted this guy who was an extra on the set. So here he is, he played a cop, and he's with Robert Duvall, and they are cops in the movie, and one of the extras was supposed to skateboard by. So during one of the breaks, this extra, the skateboarder, he started taking photos of oh. Sean Penn and Robert Duvall. Oh, my God, and, <laughs> and imagine, Sean... in,
0: did you say this was in the mid-80s? 88. Imagine, like, you this is not just like you grab your phone quick and snap, snap. He had to have had, like, like a Kodak, like,
2: Because did we have digital? No, digital. I'm sorry. No. Um. Did we have disposable cameras then? Maybe, but like,
0: but still, it would have been obvious and loud that you were using, uh, you know, an actual (laughs) camera.
2: Right. Or it could have been like a little a little camera, but it it would have been one where you had to look through the lens for sure. But again, remember, this is at a
0: time when people didn't walk around with devices. So anytime you'd see it would just be all I'm saying is it would be more obvious. And so like the guy thinking that he could just quick get a picture of Sean Penn already noted, (laughs) noted angry person. I just feel like that's the danger I'm not willing to entertain.
2: No, but the guy did. I mean, he was like a surfer skateboard dude, so he didn't know he was going to be punched by Sean Penn. And they had to, like, restrain Sean Penn. Like, of course, they had to pull him off of this extra. And uh, there was a warrant issued for his arrest, which was really bad news for him because he was already in probation, like I said, for, you know, uh, assaulting photographers. One of his other offenses was he was charged with misdemeanor battery because he he assaulted a guy who he thought tried to kiss Madonna at a club.
0: Mm, Yeah. Sean Penn has had a troubled life because these stories have continued throughout the years. I just hope at the next award
1: show, he gets introduced as noted angry person, Sean Penn. (laughs) That's that's my favorite (laughs) part.
2: And then the last one here, I'll just talk about Tiffany Haddish. You might have remembered that she was arrested on suspicion of driving under the influence while filming Haunted Mansion. And she joked about it and said she was going to sell her mugshot as an NFT. All
0: right. When we come back from celebrities on movie sets to Comets in the Sky, there's one that's headed our way and hasn't been here for 50,000 years. We'll get to it when we come back.